Hi, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Lullabies. I'm Parker. And I'm Eric. And this week we are talking about Little Red Riding Hood. Um, so I'm going to be sharing some research I found. And Eric and I are kind of going to go back and forth. Eric, what do you think of the story? Yeah, I mean, I guess drawing back on what we were talking about with Cinderella, very, I mean, this one was extremely different from the again like the fairy tales or what kept going through my mind was um what was it uh, hoodwinked hoodwinked all oh, i yeah, could no. really compare to is hoodwinked but i was just like yeah no this is a much different no yeah evil bunny mm, yeah seriously. or the what was it the was it a goat the one who was like oh singing yeah on the, the singing goat <laughs> yeah no not at all like that i mean what the hunter cutting open yeah. uh the wolf and inside is the grandma and little red riding hood and yeah it's just kind of that's a uh, well and then filling it up with rocks so that way it just like fall and die due to the weight and there's like yeah very different and then there's a second wolf i never knew i mean that never popped up yeah no the originals very different no there's a lot of in a lot of these stories like the original stories there's a lot of little details that I like the rocks being filled up in the stomach. Obviously, it's you know it's a fairy tale, so there's so many things that you can do, I guess. But it's those small details, and I'm like, who thought of this? Like, I wonder, yeah, <laughs> what was going on in their head? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was, it was just like a whole weird thing of like cutting it open, and they, I mean, obviously not very realistic at all. I mean, it's a fairy tale, yeah, like yeah. you said, but like they're just alive like he just swallowed them whole didn't chew or anything just swallowed them whole and then you cut it open and replaced and didn't wake up from sleeping when your stomach's getting cut open it just it feels just very odd yeah no and definitely like a lot of (laughs) these stories have that element to it so this was another story by charles peralt um 1697 again so he was on a roll (laughs) <laughs> yeah, with no these kidding. stories yeah Man, he's just pumping them out i guess so did the grim brothers in that sense. i mean well i mean i guess okay what it could be mm-hmm. is the grim brothers published the book in 1812 i mean it's like it could have just been collected over years so probably same with pearl where he probably wrote them over years and kind of collected them. oh yeah no, and no, then no. the book published so i was thinking like he was just releasing like book after book after book in 1697. So that makes no, yeah. I think it was like probably the same. Yeah, like just the collection of stories. But I mean, he was, I guess, on a roll with whatever the hell was going on in his brain. Mm-hmm. That's where I would really like to see just anyone who knew him, you know, like a friend or like even his mom. Like, yeah, he was a weird kid. He would just cut frogs open and put stones in their belly. And I don't know. <laughs> Wait, did that actually happen? No, no, no okay, no, no, no. I was... no. I would just like to see like what he was like as a kid, and obviously, like a lot of the stories derive from other places that we talked about before. And Cinderella, where oral tradition was huge, and I'm sure he he didn't come up with this himself. But some of them, some of the details, I'm like, mm, there would have been, you know, some interesting details that he added to it. But, you know, kept the relative theme. But this one, I didn't find a lot of history or kind of that oral tradition that we saw in Cinderella where, 
you know, it was Asia and Greece and, you know, there were so many different areas that had similar stories where this one, um, it, from what my research found, it looks like it was kind of derived from real experiences in the world. So in the 16th and 17th centuries, um, historians believe that the wolf in this story derives from trials that were held for men who had committed terrible crimes against children. So this is um, sexually assaulting them, murdering them, or and or eating them. Yeah, no, we talked about this a little bit and... I I don't know. It's hard to believe in the context of modern day society, but mm. then it makes sense, especially when it can kind of think back to like the Salem witch trials, which mm-hmm. were, you know, I think 1700s. So then you realize, well, okay, there was a time when people believed witches were just women, like women were witches kind of thing. Like, you know, not all, but that they were there, they were in the community. So that makes it much easier to believe. And then what we talked about, that pretty much it was almost like, there's that werewolf theory too yes. that's attached to it. And that's, I guess, where I'm getting at with the witches comparison. Exactly. So that's where, um, you know, men, there, you know, would be children who were murdered or, you know, they would find kids eaten or, you know, molested, things like that. And these men who were put on trial pretty much said, I'm a werewolf and it wasn't me. It was this monster that took over me and people fully you know, believed it and ate it up when in reality they're just terrible men who committed awful crimes and I I wouldn't say like got away with it, but people were more, I guess, sympathetic than angry because they're like, oh my God, what a terrible thing. That's what I was going to say when you were talking about it the other day, you said that it almost like garnered sympathy. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess I don't know if they actually felt followed through with whatever criminal justice system would have been there right but yeah i mean you made it sound like it was like they were getting sympathy exactly like a lot of women were scared that this werewolf whatever thing would fall into you know their husbands or their brothers and they fully believe that you know these men that they knew in their community wouldn't do such things right but I just, I find it funny with the comparison to the witches because, I mean, these women were <laughs> hung and were treated terribly for being witches when men were just, you know, told a lie and were like, oh, actually, you know, I'm going to jump on this bandwagon and say it wasn't me. We're obviously like the witches thing. That's their entire personality. You know, it's something that they would voluntarily be quote unquote. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't even actually think about that when I was drawing that comparison of what happened to the witches as air quotes versus (laughs) what happened to the werewolves (laughs) Uh that apparently if the men actually got off and then the women got hung Mm kind of messed up. Yeah. Well, and that's where I, I didn't see, I didn't see a lot of, I guess, um, research on what happened to the men, but it sounded like they did, you know, I don't think that they were hung at a greater mass than the women slash witches were. Well, and that's where I can't imagine. I mean, I imagine there was like some fringe cases. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine it was actually all that 
prevalent of a thing of guys or men claiming to be werewolves Mm -hmm. and getting away with literal murder. I can't imagine it was actually all that prevalent. I imagine that there were plenty of, especially I'm thinking like how disconnected some like I mean communities were. So there was probably some fringe communities that were, oh, we really believe in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, how terrible you got possessed by a werewolf. Mm-hmm. You're fine. You know, that kind of thing. Whereas there's probably others like, doesn't matter. You murdered a, a children. Yeah. You murdered a child. Exactly. Yeah. So and I, we're still going to, we have to end. Well, and then if you're a werewolf, what's going to stop you from doing it again and like transforming again in the next full moon? And so I imagine there's also more often than not, that's at least in my head, I'm like more often than not, it had to be that because I've never heard no, of this before. I, I hadn't either. So I, I feel was... like it's got to be a few fringe cases, but it probably actually happened. I would hundred percent believe that it happened. But I, I think, I think we would have heard about it if, these men were truly put on trial and were hung at you know in the masses you yeah know what well I mean? exactly that's from like if it was salem witch trials levels of exactly you know what is it, like popularity whatever i can't think of like like the infamy word. yeah then we would have 100 percent heard that's why i think that it was probably just a few fringe cases of like small communities believing the man mm-hmm. or even if they did believe, or if, even if they did believe it, they still like hung them, or you know, still for just like the murder of a child. Right. Yeah. So a lot of these cases were um, in France and in other countries in the Middle Ages. Um, so there was one case that I found where two men, Pierre and Mike, Michael or Michael, yeah, um, admitted to having killed children. Um, while they were in wolf form in 1521. Um, So a lot of people in certain parts of France were terrified to go in fields or woods alone because they were worried, like genuinely worried, that a werewolf would come and attack them. Or if they were a man, would, you know, possess them with these powers and, you know, commit these heinous acts. When in reality, I mean, werewolves could be real. I I don't know everything. Black Mirror thinks they are. Oh, God. That was frightening. (laughs) um, But, I mean, in reality, these men used this mystical creature as a scapegoat to do just these heinous acts against children. And people just ate that shit up. So so this is where historians believed that Red Riding Hood um, comes from these trials. Um, And kind of the moral of the story of Red Riding Hood is that children should not be so trusting and naive and should always listen to their parents. Yeah, that's kind of, I didn't get as deep in research as you did. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I had found was like that whole stranger danger and trust thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, no, I guess that was kind of the main thing I found. It was like, that is a story or a tale about not trusting stranger like a wolf in sheep's clothing kind of thing. well i guess it's just straight up a wolf and wolf's clothing clothing mm-hmm. but kind of presenting as a good guy and till he eats you right so yeah so that's and that's kind of the whole i guess what's what's the word the metaphor i guess for the wolf is he's truly a predator towards yeah. children yeah and so 
yeah, he comes on and he's very likable. He's charming. He's trusting. And even when, you know, he's dressed up as the grandmother, you know, Red Riding Hood sees that, you know, the quote unquote grandmother has fur, has the pointed ears, but she doesn't listen to her gut because, you know, for whatever reason, she's a kid. She's, she is naive and she kind of goes along with it and is like, yep, this is, this is grandmother. And, um, I mean, I guess that's like the other kind of theme. I I guess what I found were like more of the themes of Mm -hmm. it. And then the other one was like that innocence kind of theme where she just almost, it's like she hasn't been exposed to the world enough, hasn't dealt with someone like that or something like that Mm -hmm. to not trust them. And yet even when presented with all this evidence that like you're clearly not grandma, still just kind of sits there and engages with it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where... um... I kind of find like the moral of the story hypocritical because in a lot of these stories, you'll see the moral of the story is to listen to your parent, your guardian, you know, your elders, where Red Riding Hood is truly just doing that. Even though it's a wolf and, you know, you should be (laughs) afraid because it is an actual predator, you know, she is naive, obviously, because she's a kid, but it's that added factor of the other stories that you're told, like, you know, listen, listen to your parents, listen to older people, you know, and, but then this is saying, don't do that because you could get hurt. And, you know, and she didn't listen to her mom all the way, you know, she went off with someone else. Her mom told her, you know, to go straight to grandma's house. There was no like detouring around. Don't talk to anyone. Um, you know, so she didn't listen to her mom with that, but I just found that interesting. And another, like, big signifier that I never really thought of was her red hood. So in the research I was finding, so red, which I I think most people know just about colors and meanings behind them, that red is supposed to signify um, seduction. I found one that said puberty, more like to the Red Riding Hood story where she's kind of losing that innocence, even just in the color. So I thought that was kind of a cool detail, which cool and also kind of disturbing because the wolf does quote unquote get her. You know what I mean? So she has that hood that almost kind of puts a target on her in a sense. See, I guess I didn't really dive deep into it. The only thing that I saw was pretty much that the red hood could symbolize her innocence. I didn't fully understand that. I didn't really think about it until you had brought it up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I guess that was kind of the issue is I didn't really look into it more. So mm-hmm. it's just pretty much saying the exact op, maybe exact, I mean, like opposite ish, because maybe there's some innocence in that adolescence phase mm-hmm. where still naive to the world. Right. And I think, I think it's kind of your own, your own meaning to it. You know, everyone's going to have a different perspective. I kind of took it as she has the red mark. You know, she was innocent before all of this happened and she was naive, but she had the tendency to disobey, which kind of gave her that mark, if that makes sense. A little bit. 
I don't know. I'm not, I never really, I mean, like you said, I never really thought about that too much in any of the, you know, stories I heard growing up or again, like I just keep going back to hoodwinked this whole conversation. <laughs> I'm only, I'm like always picturing the hoodwinked characters when we're talking about yeah. little red riding hood, the grandma, the wolf. Yeah, well, that Red Riding Hood was a badass. Yeah. Well, that grandma was a badass. Oh, yeah. And compared to the grandma in here who's, like, sick and dying. Yeah. And, like, needs the food. And then in that one, like, the triple X tattoo. But, yeah, it's just that's all I'm thinking is, like, or was it triple X? I think it was something like that. I, I haven't seen that. On the like, your, I need your, to look it your up. last I just one, I've not make seen sure. Cinderella in so long. That's my comparison to it. <laughs> I probably haven't seen this since I was a child. I'm gonna look it up quickly. But I just you remember keep the goat. Going. The goat was really yeah, this song. a big part of my childhood. I love that song. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, while you're looking for that, I think it can kind of take on different meanings to almost the loss of her innocence before the act even happened. Where I don't know, I when I, when I was like when you, I was listening to you reread it, because um, it had been a while since I had heard the story. Do you remember what is the movie? Um, oh my God, it's M Night. Shyamalan. Thank you. Um, uh, quickly, I just I remember <laughs> it was just a single X, which makes uh, sense because triple okay. X is obviously porn. Oh my God. And I, so I knew as soon as I said that I'm like, there's no way they put that, that even in cross my mind. No, I that was the I mean that's like what it always is. It's just like triple X, like see, triple was, X movie or X rated movie. See, I, guess. I was I was it's thinking it's just like a big it's a big X like right on the back of her neck. Oh, cause she's in like the she's secret in, like society, right? It's not really a secret society. It's more of like a secret badass group of. I mean, what well, in the movie they they're like snowboard. They're like extreme oh, they sports. Snow- okay. Yeah, it was snowboarding. They're like where... ex- it's it's extreme sports. Like okay, because extreme... when you when you said the triple X, I was thinking I thought they were skateboarders for some reason, and I was like, is that like a skateboarding term that I don't know? And now I feel really no, yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, I knew it wasn't right. That's why I needed to confirm. I'm like, there's no yes. way that I'm that because okay, like, we watched, watched it not. That's, I mean, that's, I was already thinking that from. After this, this should have been in the research. Hoodwinks. We should have watched Hoodwink and then come and broke done this. that down. Yeah, but right. anyway, the uh, M Night Shyamalan will go back. Okay, what is that movie where? Oh my god! So pretty much in this movie, I know someone is screaming it, and Keisha's probably listening, and she's like screaming it to me. But it's that movie where they're in this like isolated town, and they think they're in like. The village. The village. Yes. I was thinking The Visit and I was like, that's a horror movie. The village. So do you remember in that where anything red, they bury it? Yeah. Because the monster comes. So red and I think, you know, throughout history, red has kind of been I guess the taboo color where I'm thinking of um the Scarlet Letter, where she has the red A on her and that kind of signifies you know, we talked about like promiscuous, I can't say that word. Promiscuous. Yes. Where, you know, she kind of has to show her shame to everyone. So I wonder, you know, Fred Riding Hood, if it's kind of that comparison of the loss of innocence before it even happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. The only thing I thought of when you were saying like red's been kind of taboo is maybe because it's related to blood. Yeah. But then I also don't 
know enough about colors and right yeah old times well that's where i feel like i guess like if they were going along with her being naive and innocent then she would have worn white or you know something something along the lines of that but there was a purpose of the color red which i think is an important detail in it and i think and i think that's also you know what i brought up before where i think it's kind of the listener or the reader's opinion of what that signifies even if they do think about it because truthfully i had never thought about the color red until doing this um because it was just it was an old story so i was like yep it's always been red it's you know there's no reason for it there's nothing to look into but yeah no i've never thought through it i never had i never felt like i had a reason to think about the color i'm also just not someone who kind of thinks that in depth about stuff but that's just me right yeah let's see what else do we have oh the uh other thing i kind of saw was kind of the idea of like gender roles and roles mm-hmm. of power because the one thing i saw that made a good point was you know it's the wolf eats the grandma mm-hmm. and little red riding hood both women right and who saves them? It's a huntsman. Like, it's a mm-hmm. man. And it's like... Or, and then the mother kind of warning Little Red Riding Hood not to talk to strangers. So it's kind of this whole thing of, like, women are powerless. Right. And they need men still to be there to help save them. Because they obviously never get out of the wolf if Without, the huntsman... Exactly. If the man doesn't come by. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure, like... If, you know, if the, if the story extended and the mom went out to check on them, you know, she'd be eaten as well. I would like to think she'd be, you know, badass grandma with an X on her neck and tear that wolf up. But, but I mean, that's kind of, you know, with these older stories, we're just going to keep seeing that recurring theme with, you know, Cinderella, the damsel in distress kind of motif of it, where I think we're just going to keep seeing that. But yeah, I noticed that too. And that's also why I have a lot of hope for these newer movies where, you know, I think of your favorite Disney movie. Moana. Moana. Yeah. Moana doesn't need anyone. She has friends to help her along the way. And grandma. And, oh, God. Cry, the manta ray. <laughs> but, yeah, but I'm glad that we're kind of seeing more of that equal and sometimes, you know, solely just women saving themselves, which I think is very much needed, even though I know some people are like, I don't want to say pissy, but just like, oh, just another feminist movie. It's like, is it though? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weird backlash about that. I, don't, I just don't understand. Like, if you don't want to watch it, just don't want to, just don't watch it. Just Why don't do you have to make it. a big sting about it? I know, I know. That's obviously my opinion. Yeah, no. That's my opinion. <laughs> but yeah, but I think I think we're just going to keep seeing that the more and more. Obviously, we are very grateful to the Huntsman. You know, he could have just kept walking, but he, you know, he saved them. He deserves some credit. But. I mean, they all, the story almost made it sound like the Huntsman was also. Oh, no, because what it was was once the wolf died, mm-hmm. he skinned it. So it's almost like mm. there's that 
like it wasn't just to save people but it was also because like ooh, trophy yeah free wolf interesting was, like, yeah I, he it i mean he somehow knew that i mean i guess like in the story of this fairy tale the wolf's probably like super fattened now right with you know two living people in the stomach yeah so probably a pretty good giveaway but then yeah i mean afterwards he skins it so it's also yeah that trophy for him and so i feel like it wasn't just purely for the women Mm -hmm. i think it was he saw that it what was it like he pretty much saw that there was like shit going down at the house he walks in he sees the wolf asleep he cuts it open and there's the two women because like he knew that there was something wrong but otherwise i mean i think he's just gonna go check it out anyway if there's just a wolf there that didn't eat anybody he probably just kills it and skins it anyway yeah for his own trophy yeah exactly like i don't think it was entirely for the women i think it was like twofold well then they just go their separate way as if nothing happened <laughs> also there is like i mean the story was just so abrupt that it was like all right, see you later. See, yeah, that's one thing I don't really like about this story. There's no, I mean, there's a happy ending, but there's no, like, and then the huntsman stayed over for the lunch that Little Red Riding Hood brought, or, you know what I mean? Like, that's so many of the stories, though, because I think I've already put out a couple of episodes since, as we're doing this, uh-huh. and then I've been reading ahead to get ideas for what the next ones will be. Yeah. And they're, some of them are just so abrupt. They just... I know, and actually when I was reading through the book, mm-hmm. um, I was reading through kind of like about the authors, so about the Grimm brothers. Right. And it was talking about they must not have finished a lot of the stories. Apparently, like the original Grimm brothers book in German mm-hmm. has some parts that are just kind of like cut off or, you know, transcripts yeah. originally. And so like the originals are just kind of they just kind of end it's almost like they didn't finish collecting everything and they didn't finish the story so a lot of modern authors or a lot of translations have kind of done the work to fill it in and add more meanings to i don't know which ones i don't think it's any of the ones we've done yet so right. far maybe but yeah they're just kind of like adding different things to it yeah you know it's interesting i didn't i didn't know that and i wonder in my head, I'm almost thinking, like, these stories, you know, we talked about they weren't for kids. So, they're, you know, there's sort of happy endings for some of them, but I think they were truly for, like, morality. You know, like, get this point across to, like, obey what your parents say or, you know, be nice to a fault almost or, you know, whatever, like, the moral of the story is it's like get that across and then i guess you're done you know and so for a lot of them it's just like they get married that's it happily ever after you know yeah yeah i don't know it is it is interesting yeah just, well and that well actually i mean but it was talking about that some authors had to fill in the morality parts because other it was just i guess like a super bare bones story mm. and some authors that would translate it almost added like some the, like the moral of the yeah story, like yeah. added a moral to i mean i don't know i don't know what the grim brothers original you know non-translate or if there was a direct translation what it would say mm-hmm. we'd have to dig deep for that because there's tons of stories out there and which ones would be incomplete and which ones would be complete already i don't know yeah now let's 
That's very weird. Now I just want to know. Or maybe they just got bored of writing one and then, you know. Or maybe, because it sounds like a lot of them, they just collected. And so that was their purpose. You know, they were truly just collecting these for academic purposes, not for stories. Obviously, they published it, but I don't think originally they were doing it for what we're doing now where you have bedtime stories right Mm -hmm. so if you look at it from that perspective they were just academics just collecting these historic stories and nothing else i guess but we still like them yeah no they're still i mean obviously again there's a reason they're so prevalent in society Mm -hmm. there's a reason hoodwinked is one of the greatest movies about red riding hood that's a stretch (laughs) Well, okay, Red Riding Hood, yes. Apparently, there's a Hoodwink too. Apparently, it's horrible though. I've never I, seen it. I was I, gonna say else, I never. I think one of our friends was talking about that. That is. Bad. What do they do? What what? Do, I don't What's know. there to do in I the second know. one? I'm not even. I oh, I know. I have. I remember. Yes, yeah, someone talked about it. I looked it up, and it is a real thing. <laughs> I don't know anything about it though. I think. Okay. And I've just heard it's bad. <laughs> I think next behind the lullabies, we need to do a movie review on <laughs> Hoodwink Two. Okay, I want to watch the first one again because I thought they were skateboarders. Snowboard. Oh, I mean, see, they do. I think. I mean, like enough. I said, the ex like extreme sports. So I think uh, in this movie, it's snowboarding, but I think they probably do anything that requires a board. One surprise. I mean, I feel like there's a skateboarding scene for sure. Okay, so I'm not like. I, I, at I, least there's a, remember, there's, a, a there's a board. There's a board in my brain. It's been a couple brain. years. Yeah. That one. Or there's a board in my brain. They Should probably we? do every board. They probably surf. I don't know. Oh, Grandma. They sound surf. like you. Think of skateboarding, Eric. No, I'm good. You do the other two. Yeah, but this. I mean, but this story is so short in general. That's why I'm like, how do they make a second one? Like, what is there? I mean, to discuss. They also did make it the first one an hour and a half, and they added a ton of. Well, yeah, I mean, there was a like lot of granny. Goat. Oh, <laughs> your favorite. My character. guy. <laughs> okay, we're watching Hoodwink tonight, and then if we can stomach Hoodwink too. Mm-hmm. I'd not. rather not because I feel like that almost just ruined the. Hood like it could almost ruin Hoodwink. Okay, our audience of how many people? <laughs> I don't know how many come back. Yeah, shit. Well, oh. if you're here, we are here with you, and we're going to do Hoodwink too. Eric, you have no choice. You have no choice. I do have a choice. Mm, no, you don't. I'm going to make you watch it. Okay, we watched Velocipaster. You can't sit through <laughs> Hoodwink 2. That was a great movie. Okay, that's that's another one. If you guys want to watch a fantastic, terrible movie. Probably shot in like... <laughs> or what no pro- the budget for that was probably like a thousand dollars i don't even know well yeah because i guess they had to it's... get the inflatable t-rex costume <laughs> velocipaster watch it, it it was on prime and we watched it a couple of years ago it probably it's still probably is. still on oh prime. it's free no yeah way. it's free guys just <laughs> it's a classic it, <laughs> it's so bad oh it's so oh but my god the the acting is awful the effects are terrible, but that's kind of what makes it good. Like, I bet a bunch of, like, dudes were just, like, high as shit. And they're just, like, Velosa <gasps> pastor. And then it's just, like, once they sobered up, they're, like, we still doing this, guys? We already paid, like, $300 for the inflatable T-Rex. You know, this actually fits into our talk in more than one way. Like, the werewolf part. Because uh-huh. isn't it pretty much he's, 
I mean, he's a pastor. I don't remember exactly how he gets turned into a velociraptor. Because he gets angry. But, like, <laughs> I feel like something, I remember something happened to him, but I don't remember what. Yeah. yeah. That something happened to him, and wow. it's pretty much like a werewolf ability. That like at night he turns into a velociraptor or it was something like that or like, like when he yeah when he gets angry yeah so it's I think it's a mix of like the night and it was like some trinket or no maybe it was in his family I think yeah I think it was like, like a blood a family and like once yeah it wasn't turned, like a Spider Man like, like a certain age yeah. like it's like oh, he got bit by another velocipaster but I think no I think it comes out either I think night has a role in it. But if someone is like sinning, because that's the pastor yeah, part. Exactly. Because just... someone like you know we're not gonna spoil anything, but please watch it. Please please rate it. <laughs> it's a beautiful it's a beautiful film. But anyway, Red Riding Hood. Um, that's all I got. It's a pretty short story, but I think the trial really blew my mind. I yeah. mean, I, I just. I never heard of this before and it was sort of a big deal at the time. I mean, can you imagine if, you know, the news just started, okay, so vampires are back and all of these things are all of these crimes, you know, all of these like robberies in the local area. Guess what? It's vampires. Yeah. No, all of them just is like, well, Black Mirror was right on everything. <laughs> I want to say they have a vampire one. Maybe not. They have I think they have like crap. What is it? Love, death, and robots. That was it. That's what you're thinking of. of Because I'm like, yeah. Because when you said, I I knew what you were saying. Because when you said the werewolf, I was like, oh yeah, but it's it's love, death, and robots. Well, no, the the werewolf is Black Mirror. What is that one? The werewolf one, right? I don't know. I'm thinking of the animated like. No, no, I know. Yeah, the love, death, robots. But I swear that. um, Hold on, I'm gonna look this up quickly. So anyway, guys, uh, we have an Instagram while Eric's doing that. Yeah, it's no, at... it's, it's Black Mirror okay. Werewolf. I know you're doing that, but I just got... It was a Black Mirror episode that the girl, act, actress girl, gets bit by a werewolf and then becomes one and, like, mm. rips apart this whole small town. I have no memory. We watched it. We watched it, like, a couple weeks ago. Mm. Okay, go I ahead. Don't know. Are you done? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So guys, uh, follow us on Instagram at the Sandman's Lullabies. Um, yeah, we post just about the stories where you can find us. Pretty minimal stuff right now. Um, we'll ramp it up eventually. Right now, we're just trying to get a hold of what we're doing. Yeah, figuring we're it just out. Just figuring everything out. We'll we'll get to that more eventually. And then, do we have an email set up where people can? Yeah. Email us. Sandman's lullabies at the Sandman's lullabies at gmail dot com. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what that'd be just a good spot or the Instagram too. Considering right now we have nobody that's commenting on anything, yeah. so comment or DM there or send us an email. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much all we have for right now in terms of social media. We'll kind of we'll set up the rest soon. Probably like a Facebook group, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I've got. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to Behind the Lullaby. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, just follow us anywhere if you like this. Follow us on Spotify. Leave us a review or I guess whatever 
podcasting platform you listen on there's a ton we're on a ton of them the links are on the instagram yeah everything's on there pretty yep. much so so give us a follow and and yeah. if you actually are listening to this thank you thank you so much we really appreciate it and we're gonna keep putting these out like i said um yeah we got nothing to do <laughs> except our jobs we got office jobs, so uh, we're just going to keep doing this. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for listening. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.